This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the SeanStevensonModel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my amazing, gorgeous co-host and producer of the Model Health Show, Jade Harrell. What's up, Jade? What's up, Sean? <laughs> How you doing today? <laughs> I am outstandomidal. I don't even, what? What is that? That's outstanding and phenomenal mm-hmm. right now. Right. In this moment. In this moment. This moment. Embrace this, it. Yes. Feel it. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. We've got an amazing show oh, yeah. lined up for you guys. We've got a very special guest on today. We're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about a lot of different stuff relating to health and wellness. Some things that you might not have considered before. Guarantee some paradigm shifts. Okay. Upon this day. Shift me now. Upon this day, my lady. <laughs> Shift me now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm in Macbeth and you're like yeah, in I'm on the island. McMarley. Yeah. <laughs> right? I get it. It works though. I know. Well, before we get into the topic today and our special guest, let's give a quick shout out to our show sponsor, mm-hmm. onit.com. Head over to onnit.com forward slash model and you're going to get 10% off all of your health and human performance supplements. So good. Guess what they sent me? You got it. Emulsified MCT oil. The new, new. Guess what? This is for you. Don't reach yet. I know as soon as you... It's giving. I don't even wait for you to tell me. I reach just (laughs) hoping that stuff is going to work out. This is the first time I was expecting you to grab the bottle. (laughs) So they sent me a bunch of these new emulsified MCT oils. And I've been a big fan for many years of the MCT oil. But the issue with it is that trying to mix it Mm -hmm. into your coffee or tea, forget about it. All right? It doesn't (laughs) work. You got to blend it. Right? But these you can actually just kind of... Pour in t- into your cup directly, oh, and it nice. mixes very nicely. But they're also infused with flavors. Oh, so today so I, I had pop a straw in it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> why would you do that? Because I want it. So today I had some lion's mane tea, oh, and yeah. I used the strawberry MCT mm. oil, emulsified MCT oil, and it was a little slice of heaven. I bet I had a little slice of heaven today. Yeah, while I was going over my notes for today, glorious. It was fantastic. So they've got the coconut, which I brought you today, okay. vanilla and strawberry, and of course. Everybody, you know, I talk about this stuff a lot, but mm-hmm. the MCT oil is incredibly beneficial for your brain and your nervous system. All right. These things are really functioning and constructed with fats. So when you become deficient on these compounds, what starts to happen is basically like this cord mm-hmm. that's connecting my headphones, these little wires in there, right? These little yeah. wires, little copper wires. Right. If they're not protected with a coating, they're mm-hmm. going to be hyper exposed to the conditions around us. So if you pour water onto it or it's too hot or too Mm, cold, it's going to have a greater chance of shorting out. And your nervous system is kind of like internal wiring. You also kind of have an external ability to read your environment as well and becomes hyperactive. And you can start to be very stressed, Mm -hmm. right, if your nervous system is not nourished. All right. So this is why these fats are so important. Yeah. MCT oil is a bee's knees because it's so bioavailable. Your tissues really like it. In a way, it bypasses the normal digestive process and your cells assimilate it very easily. Yeah. So it's good stuff. MCT oil is just one of the amazing things they have. The Hemp Force Protein, Shroom Tech Sport, Shroom Tech Immune, mm-hmm. all fabulous. Mm-hmm. Head over and check them out. Onit.com forward slash model for 10% off. Now let's get into the iTunes review of the week. Super cool. This is five stars from our Latin boo. Says, I can't hardly wait. Muchas gracias for everything you're sharing with us. I'm only on episode 35, but I've learned so much already. I can't wait to become a better version of myself. The first time I heard about you was through Juicing Radio, which I started listening to because I wanted to start juicing. There, you were talking about your story, which intrigued me, and your voice captivated me, so now I'm hooked on your show. I can't wait to share everything I'm learning with my family and start applying some of the things you talked about with my five-month-old baby boy when he comes of age. Once again, muchas gracias, Sean, with a little kissy emoji. <laughs> did you call it's it a, great a color? You call it an emoji. I did because it's a kiss. So <laughs> thank <it> you <laughs> so much for that review. And mm-hmm. wow, first of all, I'm blushing a little bit. You know, I'm light, so you know you can see the when I start turning a little red. Yeah. Thank you, but also what a powerful statement to talk about mm-hmm. how we're going to infuse this into your child's life and give them the advantage that a lot of us didn't get to have, you know, and being aware of this stuff. So Mm -hmm. it means the world to me. Everybody, thank you so much for leaving these reviews on iTunes. Keep it coming, baby. 
So now let's get into our topic of the day and our special guest. Our guest today is Jason Wakub, and he is the founder and CEO of Mind Body Green. You may have heard of them. Mm-hmm. The leading independent media platform dedicated to wellness with 12 million monthly unique visitors and the author of Wealth, How I Learned to Build a Life and Not a Resume. I've got it right here in my hand. And that's that. Wealth spelled W-E-L-L. T-H. Yes. Okay. W-E-L-L. Little mm-hmm. twist on it. Mm-hmm. Little twisty. Yes. <laughs> he has been featured in the New York Times, Entrepreneur Fast Company, and Vogue. Jason has a BA in history from Columbia University where he played varsity basketball for four years. Get it, Jason? He lives in Brooklyn <laughs> with his wife and loves German Shepherds, Chuck Taylors, and guacamole. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Wacob. That's J-A-S-O-N-W-A-C. H-O-B. And I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show, my good friend Jason. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Such an honor to be here. Thank you, Sean. I'm ready for the MCT oil, the guaranteed paradigm shifts, whatever you're selling, I'm buying. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. Well, man, a lot of people have, especially in this space, have heard of Mind Body Green and Mm -hmm. probably consumed quite a bit of content from there. You know, you guys are curators and creators of some of the the best content that you're going to find on the internet, especially in the wellness space. But this wasn't your stick when you came out of college, nor did you probably have a goal of this being your life. So tell everybody that doesn't know your story. Can you tell us a little bit about your superhero origin story? You know, so how did you go from being a basketball player to in many ways, a yogi? (laughs) Sure. Sure. So yes, I went to Columbia. I played basketball there for four years. And, you know, we got there, we were terrible. When I left, we started to win. And, you know, when I'm there and I'm in college, you know, I didn't grow up with money at all. So, you know, I saw money as something I always wanted. I saw money as something that could buy freedom. And an instance of, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to this, wherever you are in life, sometimes you're always looking for the next thing. So, you know, here I'm at Columbia, having a good time, playing basketball, and I'm ready for the next thing. So, you know, back then, this is 1998, no real startups, you know, what people did, they wanted to make money, if they had grades, maybe they went to law school, if they had an aptitude for science and wanted to help people, maybe they went to med school, or if you had none of the above, like me, you went Mm -hmm. to Wall Street. So I became a trader, and I was fortunate enough to do really well, uh, really early in my second year, made $800,000, which is a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, oh my goodness. you know, went from having nothing to all of a sudden paid off all my school debt. I uh, was able to buy my mom a car. Wow. Um, and it was funny, the second month of that big year where I made all that money, my relationship was falling apart. And, uh, you know, talk about contrast. On one hand, all I've been searching for my entire life was money. And here I had it. And I was so miserable. I was, you know, Terrible uh, breakup, was just so distraught. And what a sharp contrast. You know, here I am searching for this thing. I have it and I'm absolutely miserable. So learned really quickly money did not buy happiness. And so, you know, started looking around for other things. 9-11 happened, changed a lot of people's lives, including mine. I had one foot out the door. And so left about a year later to join the startup world and went to a healthcare startup, which I ended up leaving, and then a couple of consumer product companies. One of them was an organic chocolate chip cookie company called Crummy Brothers, which was a (laughs) great name, great, great cookies. They were organic. We were in every Whole Foods market in the country. And so... Super pumped about this. And, you know, while this is happening too, like, you know, I part of startups, this is like the third startup I was part of, you know, moved back home, you know, 30 years old, moved back home, you know, uh, I sort of went backwards. I joke how I was like, a, you know, felt like George Costanza from Seinfeld, except <laughs> I was taller and hopefully, you know, better looking. You know? So like totally shot the self-esteem, you know, I, I made a lot of sacrifices. And so here I am, I'm running this company. I flew 150,000 miles domestic in one year. I'm six foot seven, coach seat, not a pretty picture. Not at all. And so an old basketball injury and flying and also stress, you know, stressed out of my mind, didn't have any money. Like it was really, the company was going through a really tough time raising money. So two extruded discs in my lower back, L4, L5, S1, which I know a lot of people have. 
so excruciating sciatica, my right leg. My right leg was like a lightning rod. I could not walk. Yeah. Excruciating pain. And on top of that, I'm stressed. You know, I'm falling in love. I met my soon-to-be wife. I can't even afford an engagement ring. Uh, my wife's like, you know, fantastic. I'm marrying an entrepreneur and a cripple, you know. This is great. So I go to a doctor. He says you need back surgery, non-negotiable. So, you know, I look at surgery as something, you know, not opposed to it, but something I generally want to avoid. So seek a second opinion. He says the same thing. But like almost like an afterthought, I'm like almost out the door. The guy says, you know, yoga or therapy might help. So I'm like, okay, I'll give yoga a shot. So I start doing some really light yoga, like 10 to 15 minutes in the morning at night, a couple poses. You know, I start to feel better. And then over the course of a couple of weeks, start to really notice a difference. And then over the course of a couple of months, I completely heal. So I'm like, holy cow. You know, everyone's got this wrong. Everyone's got health wrong. And I, I start to look at like spirituality and discover things like, you know, the chakra system and how the, you know, I remember going to a healer and she's saying how your lower back is your root chakra and it's all associated with, uh, you know, money worries. And I'm like, oh my God, this is all making sense. <laughs> uh, and so really saw that everyone was looking at health, I think, in the wrong way, where a lot of what was covered was about vanity and weight loss. And to me, it was East meets West. It was, you know, this lifestyle, more holistic, uh, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, environmental well-being, you know, this lifestyle, Mind, Buddy, Green, and, you know, launched the site and, uh, you know, launched out of our apartment and found two co-founders and got my wife to chip in. And, you know, it's been seven years now. And a lot of this I write about in the book, but it's been an incredible, incredible journey to health. And I've really seen the evolution, the way people are looking at health. It really is this blend and it's nuanced and it's unique to each individual. Yeah, to say the least. That's quite a story, man. And, uh, you know, a lot of these amazing people in this field, they've got this very interesting story where, you know, something happens it's just yep. like the great books, you know, something happens and he, he's a six foot seven guy folded up like a paper bag on an airplane for 150,000 <laughs> miles and wonder why my health is starting to suck a little bit. Right. I intimately understand L4, L5, S1, same thing, herniated discs and just that you said it, man. And very few people, unless it happens to you, understand that it's just like something is horribly wrong with your leg, right? But it's like, it's all located of what's happening in your spine. And so having yep. that pain, and actually I was in fear. I was in fear of getting up or sitting down initially. And I spent a lot of times laying on my floor or propped up against something, you know, playing video games, of course, not understanding how to take back control of my health. And for you, it was through yoga. It was kind of yep. the bridge. And for me, it was through food initially. And I know for both of us, became a part of our lives, you know? So I've definitely, my wife was uh, teaching yoga for quite some time. My mother-in-law, same thing. And just really coming from that background and having access to that kind of information is incredibly valuable because what it's about is it's union, you know, it's imbuing and connecting that mind-body connection and mind-body green. So can you just take a step back for us really quickly and sure. talk about what does that actually mean? It's one word put yep. together. It's all, Why? It's all connected. You know, the mind and body, I believe, are one. And, you know, from a spiritual perspective, you know, we're connected to our environment, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And, you know, our health and well-being and happiness is directly linked to the environment. You know, I, I also think, you know, let's say we're meditating, we're doing our self-help, you know, we're doing our personal growth, we're, you know, eating plants, we're doing yoga, we're running, whatever it is. So you got the mind-body down, but let's say you're putting toxins into your home, into your body, sort of negates everything. So to me, the true solution to health is mind, body, green, and it is all connected. You can't have one without the other. It's a three-pronged approach, and it's crucial you have all of them. Mm. Yes, true, true, true. And this really speaks to something we've talked about several times, which is you look at epigenetics. And yep. this isn't just hearsay. This isn't just an idea that somebody's putting out that we're connected to our environment. Literally, your environment is an epigenetic trigger that is going to determine which genes get expressed in your system. So you might have genes for great skin or you have a gene for, you know, degeneration of your spine. Your environment determines which gene is going to be activated 
in many senses, the environment outside of yourself and inside of yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and if people really want to learn more about that, of course, you can always look into the work of Dr. Bruce Lipton, Mm -hmm. biology of belief, classic book, but it's just a really powerful understanding that this isn't just airy fairy stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, your environment literally does influence your health, the way your mind is functioning. So, we want to mind taking care of our environment That's as right. well because yeah. it is in many ways going to be taking care of us or Not that so relationship much. can be a little bit messed up. But I just want to speak to also just this really important understanding that, Jason, I want to thank you for this because you could have gave up, you know, but a lot of times these great leaders, life gives them lemons and they make lemonade mm-hmm. like Beyonce did. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Didn't. So, man. But I hear in his story that, you know, as he kept searching for right and kept finding the wrong, that those things kind of broke away, cut away the things that were not contributing to a vibrant lifestyle. I mean, he just kept being on those dead ends and those tough stages started to form him and guide him into the place where he could start to flourish and heal and make those connections that were already kind of in him. Absolutely. You know, because it all made sense so quickly. I just appreciate that background. Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) So... We went through your story a little bit. So now let's talk a little bit about wealth. All right. And I love the title, by the way, is, is I think it's really brilliant. But you basically you've got these 13 guidelines, these 13 specific areas that you take us mm-hmm. through. And it's a really, really great read and so insightful, man. It's really refreshing. Some of the things we're going to talk about, but we're going to go through a few of them because, again, there's 13. but We'll get through as many as we can today. The first one that you talk about is food is eating, yep. you know, yep. and how important that is for our wealth. Again, W-E-L-L-T-H. So talk great. a little bit about how food is critical as a foundational piece to being wealthy. Sure. I have a couple thoughts there. So one is this idea that a plant-based diet should be foundational to whatever you know diet we fall under. I don't think you can go wrong with eating a lot of vegetables. <laughs> and you know, I also think certain diets are good for us, certain parts of our life. So, you know, what I've seen in my life in my 20s, when I was really active, you know, a low carb, low sugar, high martini and steak diet worked, (laughs) or or you could say not worked for me, but (laughs) it sort of worked. And, you know, I went through my healing process with yoga I became vegetarian and then vegan, and then it worked until, you know, I had a parasite and really had to stay away from raw food and essentially went paleo very strictly to overcome that and then evolved again later in my, you know, mid-30s, now I'm 41, where I'm essentially a conscious omnivore where, yeah, I try to eat a lot of plants, but, you know, I love a great burger here and there. I love a great pizza here and there. You know, I, I love a great drink here and there. And I think that's important. I think that this idea that, you know, one particular diet stays with us for the rest of our life is crazy. If I look at like, okay, I'm 41 now. I do yoga a couple times a week. I go to the gym once or twice a week. I meditate daily. How could a diet for me be the same diet for like a 17-year-old woman who runs, you know, 10 miles a day and, you know, two different lives, two different, you know, workout regimens. So that just like sort of drives me nuts in this idea that, you know, one size fits all approach to diet, you know, you bring up epigenetics, like we're all unique individuals here and you really have to find what works for you. And I do, I think there are some ground rules like, you know, heavy on plants. I do think, you know, sugar is toxic and there's a lot of science to support that. But every once in a while, you know, I joke, a good donut is good (laughs) and you got to live, you know, breaking bread is a spiritual experience. Mm. Uh, You should, (laughs) but you know, you got to find what works for you. Is it crazy that every time I hear the word donut, I think of Homer Simpson, like automatically it pops <laughs> no. up in my mind, you no, know, it's, it's natural. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there's <laughs> so much value here. And this chapter in particular, and he kicks the book off with this, which is, again, really refreshing. Here's one of the things that he says, he says that each and every one of us has our own physical gifts, quirks, likes and dislikes. Mm-hmm. This may sound obvious, but sometimes it seems as if those in the health and diet industry think otherwise. And I really love this non-dogmatic approach because so much in the health world today is dividing us and it's this competition. And I know that I've been there, you know, especially when you get into something like whatever particular diet, whether it's paleo, vegetarianism, you go hardcore, you know, because it's usually a change in your belief system, Mm -hmm. but it's really important to understand that your way is not the only way. Right. 
And yep. to think that <laughs> is really, really selfish. And so here's another thing that you said. To be truly wealthy is to find your personal prescription. Like that. To discover what works for you, what feels good, what you love. Mm-hmm. I love this. Your own personal prescription. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So brilliant, man. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for sharing that so one. So we don't have to be this, you know, nutritional and health West Side story going on. You know, it's, <laughs> it's us and them, Ooh, you yeah. know. The, yeah, it just gets too bad. The socials and the greasers. <laughs> right, yeah. you know. And we've gotten so bad with that. You right. be pony boy, for sure. <laughs> no problem. This. So another thing that you mentioned, and I want to talk more about this right now, is how pleasure should not be underestimated. Mm-hmm. And right. you have these guidelines that you follow for your overarching approach to nutrition, but also you're like, hey, Every now and then I eat a donut. Right. (gasps) Yeah. So talk a little bit more about that. Why is that important? I'm a big believer in finding a lifestyle and creating a lifestyle unless you've got serious health issues or unless you know that you're an all. And there's some people that are all or nothing people and know that they just they have to be rigid. Otherwise, they won't succeed. Like, I, I get that. But I think for the most part, you know, it's about building a lifestyle. I think when you're too rigid, you set yourself up for failure and you fall off the wagon and that ugly voice in your head starts to take control of the conversation and you become discouraged. I think, you know, true happiness, true health comes through finding a lifestyle. And I think, you know, pleasure is something that's important to to living that lifestyle. And so whatever that looks like for you, you should enjoy that treat. I think... You know, living life with saying, like, I'm never going to have a donut again or I'm never going to have that great slice of pizza again. That's tough, man. You know, I'm not an AA, but like this idea of living one day at a time, you know, I think that's important to keep in mind and also enjoy things when you can. But be mindful of it. You know, say, like, I'm really enjoying this and I'm feeling the pleasure versus that terrible uh, negative self-talk where you're crucifying yourself, where you're actually like creating a stress response, whether you're eating something good or bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this idea of really enjoying life, really being mindful about the food you're consuming and being mindful that you're enjoying something and cherish that. Yeah, I love this. And this is why I think this book is really important for a lot of us to read is to become more centered and to become more balanced in our thinking with this stuff, you know, because obviously eating real food is the hallmark of, and again, even talking about what your genes are expecting of you, your genes are expecting these things of you. However, we live in the world, you know, and there's a lot of great things for us to experience, but it's doing it consciously. That's the difference. I know that when I was younger and eating the tough diet, AKA, typical university food. (laughs) When I was eating the tough diet, I was not aware Mm -hmm. that I was aware. You know, I was just doing stuff. I was just eating because it tasted good and letting that be my guiding light. And it's specifically designed for that way to keep me coming back Mm -hmm. to Papa John's Mm -hmm. again and again, (laughs) you know, but the reality is we can do this, especially if you're conscious of it and you choose I'm going to have this treat. And also, I love that you call it a treat and not a cheat. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, that negative psychology, you know, a cheat meal. And I get a lot of people asking me about this. We did a show about this way back in yeah. the olden days, yeah, you know, when we first started. But I have people ask me about this. Sean, you know, what about, you know, a cheat meal mm-hmm. once a day or once a week or whatever the case may be? We have to change the psychology around it. If you have to cheat on your diet, mm-hmm. then your diet isn't making you happy. And it's not a part of you. And this is the only thing we use. We use that word and it's okay in relationship to food, not in your relationship with your spouse or, you know, cheating on your job, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. moonlighting or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Also sports. You know, you don't want to cheat there, but we'll cheat with our food. All right. Mm -hmm. How about we turn that around and we call Mm -hmm. it a treat meal Mm -hmm. or a treat? You know, we're having a nice little treat for ourselves and then we keep it moving. We stay sure. committed to what makes us feel good and keeps us healthy. Sure. You know, so. And, and when also, you say cheat, though, that kind of puts everything else in the space of wrong. Yeah. You know, because in order to enjoy myself, I got to pull away from the thing that's supposed to be, like he said, mm. my lifestyle. Mm. So I got to steal away in order to get some enjoyment. Stealing. Well, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of contradictory. Yeah. I love that, man. It changes the whole conversation versus something I'm embarrassed versus something yeah. I'm enjoying. Yeah. No shame. So there's 13 of these different spots that you go through in the book. So I'm curious, why these 13 before we even go to the next one? You know, I started to really think about, you know, what does wealth really mean? And what are the pillars? And what is true, you know, building, you know, the subtitle is how to build a life, not a resume. 
you know, really thinking about what to me were the building blocks in my own, you know, personal life, my own personal prescription. And, and that's how I settled on the sort of 13 pillars where I looked and said, okay, this I think hits everything that I've seen in my own personal journey. And so that's why the lucky 13. <laughs> got it, got it. Well, so the next one that you talk about and that I want to touch on here is sure. move. All right. Hmm. Tell us yep. a little bit about that. You know, I'm a big believer in finding a movement-based practice that works for you. And once again, you know, no one-size-fits-all approach. So for me, I hate running. The last time I ran was the last time I played in college. You know, the idea of even running, like, probably triggers a stress response in me. (laughs) Uh, My wife, on the other hand, loves running, and that's great. So I'm a big believer. you got to find what works. And once again, if you find you know, an exercise or a workout that you're not excited about, you're going to end up quitting, Mm -hmm. you know, just not going to work. And for me, you know, once again, I've evolved over the years and, you know, I went from a gym guy to hardcore yoga. You know, I was doing yoga every day. Now I do yoga a couple of times a week. I go back to the gym. I'm big on meditation. And I talk about in the book, I think if you, you know, for me, I think Yoga has been such a powerful tool in my life. I think for anyone out there, if you have to pick one, I think, you know, yoga is just phenomenal for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, it's such a powerful mind-body practice where you're, you know, it is meditation in motion. You are alleviating, you're managing stress, you're becoming more in tune with your body. And so to me, that's like a really powerful thing. You know, the more in tune with your body, you know, the better you feel, the more your intuition lights up. It's just such a powerful practice. You know, we're talking about like the connection between mind and body. I think yoga is a lot of way that bridge. You know, we're talking about like being connected to food. You know, you start really practicing yoga, you start to feel differently. You know, you start to eat better. It's a great gateway into, you know, a real healthy lifestyle that's truly connected. And so I just, you know, I love yoga and talk about how yoga played a huge role, obviously, in my healing journey and can't recommend it enough for anyone. So there's actually a great quote that you put in your book that I love. And this is a quote from him. Okay. So he says that in relationship to all of the stuff that he mentioned about, you know, he hates running, his Mm -hmm. wife doesn't, you know, and he also coming from being a college basketball player to you know, loving, lifting weights and all that stuff. But he said, these days, yoga is a lifestyle for me, not because it keeps me in shape or is a cool trend, but because it literally saved me, Mm. you know, so really drilling in and finding out how movement can actually be so healing. And I talk about this a lot, actually, is that your body requires movement in order to heal itself. And a lot of times when we're out of sorts or we're injured or we're depressed, even we start to become very... (laughs) What's the word? Sedentary. Very sedentary. Mm-hmm. I was going to say mundane. Oh, like just yeah, be, start to become very dry and mm-hmm. you start to become a piece of the furniture, basically. Mm-hmm. That's And the, the best mm-hmm. thing that you can do is to start to sure. move. And through yoga is how we found health. And right. it's super powerful. And also this speaks to the fact of everybody's different yet again. Right, right. And to find something that you love, yeah. find something that you love to do. It's not because, you know, the Model Health Show is saying that doing heavy deadlifts is the number one thing to help you to secrete growth hormone, whatever the case may be. Right. That may be true. Right. But if you don't love picking up heavy stuff up mm-hmm. off the floor and you love dancing, please dance. Right. You right. know, because that piece of exercise that you're going to do is far more effective than the stuff that is supposed to be so great that you'll never do. Sure. It'll deliver better results. Yeah. You know, even if it is proven and documented that it can do this and this and the other, if you're hating it and like you said, creates a stress response, it won't have the great return yeah. or the sustainability. So the thing that delivered him the greatest results is the thing that's lasting now yeah. that is maintained in his life today. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit, just go through a bunch of them. Let's do it, yeah. guys, collectively. Sure. There's so many different forms of exercise, all right? Let's, we've never done this before. Let's, <laughs> Let's go, go around, around the, yeah. the circle here. So I'll it. go, then okay. Jason, then you, okay. all right? Mm-hmm. Basketball. Uh-huh. Basketball. I, I love basketball. <laughs> he took you can't yours. Take basketball. <laughs> Just anything else, man. You I'm sorry. I died, of course, because I was wrong. looking at him. You should have said weights. <laughs> Any other type of exercise somebody could do. Uh-huh. Pilates. Mm, swimming. Running. <laughs> you took my, I was going to say swimming. <laughs> I'm going to stick with the mindful movements. I'm going to go with bar. Ooh. Ooh. See, that's another thing to check out. That's right. Aerobics class. Lifting weights. Mm. CrossFit. Ooh. Track. Running. Dancing. Zumba. Yes. 
Cha-cha. Nay-nay. Mumbo. Mumbo. Salsa. <laughs> Lewis, I was just hanging out with Lewis Howes the other day. He's like, I've got to find some place to go. Salsa, man. Is he man. doing salsa? That's what he does. He's so fly. All right, one more round. Biking. Tumbling. <laughs> Did I go first? Yes. Yeah, so finish. that's it. Oh, I got to okay. finish. Okay. because yeah, you're Sean. All right. <laughs> Uh, any team sport. Oh, yeah. All right. So volleyball, mm-hmm. uh, baseball, yeah. cork ball, uh, anything ball ball, <laughs> anything with balls. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay. That so, works too. <laughs> that works too. Those work too. That's a good form of exercise. Yeah, guys. So what I want to do is just <laughs> help you to remember that there's so many different mm-hmm. things, so many different types of activity. You know, so when somebody's saying, you know, I really don't like to exercise, maybe you just haven't done the thing that feels good to you yet yeah. and it's that excuse in our head like you know i've tried everything yeah i promise you you have it because if you I tried something you. you love you'd still be doing it frisbee golf if it worked right. you'd still be doing come it. on you couldn't wait for your next opportunity to throw the frisbee and swing and then the, you go fetch it that's right because you become a human puppy and it's all good <laughs> right puppies are healthy they'll create right, an so, association for that <laughs> we, we're going to get into another pillar here that. And talk about Jason's book, and it's amazing. This one is really, really important. So we're going to get to that right after this break. Hey, everybody. With all of the things that we're exposed to today, the environmental toxicity, the weird stuff showing up in our food supply, we've got to do things to really support our immune system. Our immune system is really running the show on so many different levels to keep us healthy. And one of the most powerful things for supporting a healthy immune system is making sure that we're getting in some immunomodulators. So what does that mean? These are substances that can help to elevate our immune system in response to things that might be trying to creep their way into our body, into our cells, and defend us against those things. But it can also bring the immune system back down, calm it down if things are running too hot, AKA we're dealing with some autoimmunity. We need things that are intelligent. Many drugs out there that are pushed through pharmaceutical companies, though they mean well, they push your immune system in one direction and that can really mess things up on the back end, you know, leading to AKA side effects. So to avoid that, getting some natural immunoregulators are gonna be a powerful thing you add into your life. How I do that, and it's been a consistent basis pretty much every single day. For the past three months now, I've been using every day, and even had it this morning, the incredible mushroom elixirs from Four Sigmatic. So head over to foursigmatic.com forward slash model. So that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G, M-A-T-I-C dot com forward slash model and you're going to get 10% off all these amazing superfood elixirs. My favorite is the Chaga and Chaga has been clinically shown to increase your NK cell activity so your natural killer cells over 300%. It's also the most powerful antioxidant that we've ever seen in the history of humanity that humans actually consume. Powerful antioxidant, powerful anti-cancer, powerful immune system regulator. So that's what I use in the morning. I'll get some chaga and sometimes I'll have it straight or I'll blend it with some hot water, some healthy fat. So this could be some ghee. This could be some grass-fed butter. This could be some coconut oil, some MCT oil, things like that. A little bit of cinnamon, maybe some other fun medicinal herbs you could throw in there. But this has been the daily thing that I've done for the past few months. And I highly recommend you start doing the same thing. They also have the mushroom coffees. And my wife is a big fan of these. And so the mushroom coffee mix has cordyceps and chaga in there. And today she ran out. She was like, where's my where's my coffee? You know, she's not even ever since we've been together. She hasn't been a coffee drinker, but this has been her daily thing. She loves the way it makes her feel. And she doesn't get some weird kind of caffeine spike and crash as well. So head over and check them out. Foursigmatic.com forward slash model for 10% off. Now back to the show. And we are back and we're talking with Jason Wacob and talking about his amazing book, Wealth. And this is how I learned to build a life, not a resume. Mm-hmm. And it's spelled W-E-L-L-T-H. And bringing forward this consciousness of creating a truly wealthy life. And a big part of that is the work that we do. And that's another one of the pillars that he talks about in the book. So let's dive in and talk a little bit about work, sure. Jason. Sure, man. I got a lot to say about this. Uh <laughs> So a couple of things. One is, you know, I think you have to do the work. And, you know, this idea in health and wellness, you know, I think a lot of people get caught up in the spiritual side. So, you know, I, and I'm going to 
take each side one by one. So on the work side, you know, here I am in New York. I think a lot of people are type A's. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are type A's and you're used to just, you know, putting your head down, you're setting a goal and you're just going to charge ahead. You're going to kick butt. You're going to take names. I'm going to set this out. I'm going to get this promotion. I'm going to get this job. And you just go, man, you work, you work, you work and you get it done. And so, yes, I believe a big part of success in the workplace is work. You got to do the work. You got to have the work ethic. And the other side, you've got the spiritual side where you've got some people, you know, who, you know, whether they want to pray or do affirmations or whatever it may be, then they just go sit on the couch. And you can't just pray or repeat affirmations or visualize and then like go eat a sandwich, (laughs) you know. And at the same time, you can't just put your head down and work. And, And this idea of the middle path, you know, which I talk about in the work chapter, this bigger idea of, you know, the magic lies in between in the middle. So you have to do the work, you have to set goals, you have to hustle. But at the same time, you have to have this spiritual awareness. You know, am I doing the right thing? Am I setting the right goals? Or maybe I'm trying to jam down this door and the door won't open for some reason. Do I have the spiritual awareness to like take a step back and say, wait, maybe this is the wrong door. Mm -hmm. Is there a door open to my left that I'm not seeing because I'm so focused on this other door and maybe I need to walk through that door? And to me, I think that is, once again, where the magic happens. I think that's the struggle that so many people have, the struggle I have. You know, I think that's where the magic happens, you know, in work on one side of that balance. And I think it's just so important. The answer lies in this middle path. And the other thing which I think is really powerful in this chapter, and, you know, it's this idea of, you know, finding your passion. You know, a lot of people can find that at work. And some people can't, and that's okay too. You know, I believe in, once again, building a life. And so, you know, maybe you're not extremely fulfilled in your job, but you work hard and you have a spiritual awareness about it. But maybe there's a bigger part of your life, whether that's, you know, traveling or eating out or working out, you can still build a great life around your work. Once again, like your work does not define you. And this opportunity to build a life you know, is there. It's just having that, once again, you have to work and you have to have that spiritual awareness. And I just think that's so powerful. And I think it's lost in so many books. It's usually one or the other, you know, set the goals, do this, or Mm -hmm. do your visualizations and affirmations and pray, and then all the money will appear. Mm. Doesn't work like that. No, And that kind of talks to things being on the outside of you. These are things that are occurring in your proximity, in your perimeter. But when you say build your life, you're creating that from within and all the rest kind of flows into place as you move in that. And I value that. Yeah. So this reminds me of our friend and guest on the show, Craig Ballantyne, who mentioned that it was, this is called the law of action attraction, not just the law of attraction. Right. And really speaking to the fact Ooh. that we need to be moving in the world to help to bring about the things that we want to manifest. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just sit there and you know meditate on a huge one of those you know how people win those competitions they get them really big big checks yes you know but it might be like ten dollars but it's super big if it's big it still makes you happy yeah, it does. but you just visualize these big checks cost more to print it and than then it you was. go and then you go and you watch more provich or whatever you know i guarantee you nothing's gonna happen you're not gonna get that money you also you need to take action and you take thoughtful conscious action mm-hmm. in the world and i love there's a quote that you put in the book and i love this quote from tony robbins that says that success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. So what does that mean to you, Jason? You know, it's this idea of, you know, climbing the wrong ladder in a lot of respects. Great and so, you know, once again, are we just putting our head down and shooting for something, which is going to leave us empty and unfulfilled? It's really, it's having that spiritual awareness. Like, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? What ladder am I climbing? Or am I just pursuing a pot of gold? And I have nothing against money. I like money. (laughs) And Uh, gold. (laughs) But, you know, this, once again, the spiritual awareness, you know, why am I really doing this? And it's really hard. Mm. I think for everyone, you know, we're humans. You know, we like things. We like setting goals. We like accomplishing things. And, you know, success brings uh, greater success. And it's having that awareness to take a step back and say, you know, what am I looking to fulfill here? What am I really doing? What's my passion? What's my purpose? And I think it's hard, no matter where you're at. So true. And you actually shared some great questions. And 
you know, everybody who's listening to the show who's been a fan of the show for a while knows that I talk about the power that questions have and how our brain literally seeks to find answers and solutions to the questions that we ask. So the reticular cortex in your brain, the reticular activating system also is sort of like this heat-seeking missile that is looking for whatever you're targeted on. So I give the example of, you know, you get a new car, you start to see that car everywhere. You know, we've all had that happen. Or, you know, you get a new, just the other day, my wife put on this shirt and then she took it off. And then we got to my uh, nephew's birthday party and my sister's wearing the same shirt that she was going to wear. I was like, that would have been awesome. (laughs) I couldn't have waited to take pictures of that, you know. But, you know, when you see a certain article of clothing or a woman Mm -hmm. sees somebody with a certain bag and you start to see it everywhere. So we all have these things happen, but are we using it for our good? Mm. And... And this also happens in the negative. So when you're like, why me? Because I know this was happening when you were struggling with your back. Why won't somebody help me? Why can't this get fixed? What's wrong with me? And your brain is going to be constantly seeking things to affirm why things are so negative. You know, you're going to start to see flaws in your character and you're going to start to feel even Mm -hmm. worse about yourself. But you share some really great questions here and you say to ask, what is it that I really want out of life? Mm -hmm. What is it that I really want out of life? What makes me happy? Ask yourself that. Just take a moment and ask yourself, what makes me happy? Things that come to mind, it might be spending time with my family. It might yep. be skiing. It might be uh, reading a good book, whatever it is. What doesn't make me happy? It might be conflict with my family. Yeah. It might be falling on my face when I'm skiing. <laughs> it might be so many other things. What does career satisfaction look like to me? And also you say to ask, how can I live this way and still support myself and possibly my family? And possibly? Mm-hmm. Right. So he's just saying for the people who are by themselves, okay. you know, he started off as a solopreneur yeah. you know, doing his now thing. Now he's got German Shepherds. Yeah. And now, <laughs> now he's, you know, building a family. Now well, he has his wife and his company. I was wondering if it maybe even spoke to the best benefit you can be for your wife and family is being that best you. And so if potentially... You know, you have to make some concessions or arrangements with them that may be part of the consideration. Is that? I'm sure Jason has something to say about that. Sure. Yeah. You know, I think there's sacrifice wherever you go. I think for the most part, life and work is generally not an all or nothing proposition. I do think we all make sacrifices. Mm -hmm. We all make concessions. That's just life. You know, it's funny when I went all into this, you know, in some respect, I never would have done it, if I would have known, it would have taken three to four years to really get my body green off the ground. Mm. You know, I, I initially said to my wife, give me six months. Mm. And then six months became a year and I didn't pay myself for three years. So oh. like very understanding wife, you mm. know, not exactly. And we had just got married. Right. If I would have known how hard it would have been, even though I was really passionate about it, I probably wouldn't have started the company. Wow. And so, like anything, I think, great in life, anything worth pursuing, there are always concessions. There are always dark nights of the soul. You know, very rarely, you know, we read about the stuff. Sometimes in the news, very rarely do companies and careers just, you know, happen overnight. Whether it's career transitions or, you know, building a company, it's never easy. There are always missteps. There are always zigzags. There are always potholes. There are always concessions. You know, that's part of life. That's part of work. And I think that's okay. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. And yeah, this speaks to, again, to that whole, I'm only able to deal with the good or I'm overwhelmed by the bad. And he's saying very simply, it's okay that it's some of all of that. So this really speaks to, you know, this really important understanding that's imbued into a lot of cultures, which is to really focus on the things that you can control, but the things that you can't control to really just let those things be, you know, because we don't want to put a lot of time and energy into those things because they'll stress you out. Yeah. One of those things in relationship context, you can't control another person. If you try to control somebody, I mean, you literally might as well just punch yourself right in the jugular. I mean, you might as well just give it up because that's not how life works. You can create conditions, you know, you can focus on yourself and being a leader, you know, leading by example. But when we start to put all of our time and energy into changing other people or trying to change things that can't be changed, like 
I guarantee you, you're not going to make the sun come up in the West. All right. So forget about that. You know, it's going to be amazing. We're going to make the sun go the opposite way. Watch us. Yeah. Yeah. But you're good when you say create the conditions. There's a fellow that spoke, Travis Sheridan, that says his new wife was saying, oh, you make me so happy. But he says, it's not that I make you happy. I create the conditions in which happiness is more likely to occur. Love it. Love it. And this is something that, you know, you brought up this point and, you know, I passed it to Jason to talk about a little bit, but everybody's story is different. And this is what is the consistent thing about what wealth is to you throughout the book. So your story of success and enjoying your occupation is probably going to be different from what Jason's looks like, Mm -hmm. you know, so it might be where you're a sidepreneur and you're working on, you know, something else for the time being, but you find peace in that and joy in that because you're taking care of your family, but you also know what the big goal is and you're working towards that. You know, that might be another story, you know, or there's the go all in thing, all the chips in, and then there is the super duper sidepreneur where it's just a little side of like peas and you're like, tink, you know, messing around with a little stuff on the side side. And then eventually you have come up with a great idea. Then yeah. you shift gears. You know, there's so many different stories. Bottom line is we want to seek fulfillment, mm-hmm. overall fulfillment in building a life like he talks about. So another one of the points that you talk about, one of your pillars, this one is really interesting. I want to hear about this one is explore, hmm. yep. explore. Talk a little bit about that. You got to explore, man. On every level, I think for me, explore in a lot of ways is about my work journey where, you know, I've done all sorts of things. I was a bouncer in college. I DJed. I was a busboy. Worst job ever. Uh, busboy at a country club. And so as a busboy, you know, you want to turn the table. And at a country club, people just hang out there. They don't leave. So it was like a nightmare. (laughs) And, you know, bouncer, DJ, a lot of jobs in the service industry, a lot of great lessons on, you know, what it's like to be in that industry, you know, how people treat you says a lot about people, you know, have really, I think, probably become a good tipper because of my experience there. Then, you know, was a trader, various startups, this idea that, you know, you really need to explore, you know, I think... Once again, paths in your career are are not always linear. And so, you know, what I touch on also here is this idea, you know, there's no straight line. And, you know, if you want to sometimes like shift, you've got to explore, you know, you have to, this blends it, you know, work again. You know, if you're not happy in your job and there's like this dream thing over here, you know, rarely can you go from, you know, one step to your dream job. And sometimes you have to, you know, do what I call think three moves ahead and, you know, and take the job that gets you out of your current job that, you know, gets you a step closer to that job. You know, I use my wife as an example in the book where she went from, you know, fashion and retail and she was passionate about wellness. So she works with me now in My Buddy Green. So she went from fashion and retail to Walmart. And once you start working at Walmart, it was, oh, wow, you're not in fashion and retail. You work for Walmart, you know, the biggest retailer in the world. And then from there, she went to Amazon. And Amazon, you know, it's like, oh, wait, you're not in fashion or retail or Walmart. You're working for the biggest e-commerce player in the world. And that allowed her to actually get her next job working for a juice company in New York, where they hired her because she had experience in retail, e-com, and working for the biggest... <laughs> So it's this idea, you got to be open, you have to explore. And I'm a big believer, you know, you're never too late. You know, this idea of exploration in your career and your life, you got to try things out. You know, once again, it's like, you got to do the work, but have that, you know, coming back to this again, have that spiritual awareness and that faith where like, I'm going to explore, I'm going to try these things. And, you know, I think that the hardest step is usually that first. And you just got to have the faith. I'm going to explore. I'm going to do the work and I'm going to land eventually. Yeah. And nothing will ever be wasted. You know? Yeah. It's it's repurposed. (laughs) Exactly. You know, you just got to embrace the journey. Mm, I love Mm, that. I love it. Repurposed. and love life. Love it. Yeah. And I I just want to add one more thing here that I'm so glad you brought up the point that it's never too late. You know, it's never too late to learn a new skill, mm-hmm. or it's never too late to try something. It's never too late to explore, right. you know? And it yeah. brings back that question I asked a few episodes ago. When's the last time you did something for the first yeah. time? Yeah, which makes me want us to change our language too, like we did with 
the cheat day. You know, if we're talking about never too late, that's as if all that's happened great for us in life has already occurred. Mm-hmm. Every new moment is a new moment. I mean, yeah. if we're pressing forward, it's like it's time to create or here's a great opportunity to score. The only way that that becomes a reality, that saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks <laughs> is when you're that dog right. and you decide like, you know what? I'm just good with rolling yeah, over. Right. That's it. Right. That's all for me. But I guarantee you, you can learn new stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how we're wired up. But we become so complacent and we become so comfortable doing the same things, but we're taking all the juice out of life. And literally those things of exploring mm-hmm. literally adds to your lifespan and right. gives you more life, adds more life to your years, not just years to your life, which those are the things, you know, a lot of people when they retire, right? They're tired already, then they retire. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a quick downward spiral. You know, the death rate goes up so quickly after you stop doing work because oh, we start man. to lose your sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. So always be exploring and always just keep moving forward. Remember that it's never too late. So another one of your pillars, and again, there's 13, but we're just maybe going to get to yep. one or two more is thank. Oh, thank. yeah. Talk a little bit about this one. Gratitude, baby. I'm a huge Mm. believer in having a gratitude practice. So I think my mother ingrained it in me at a young age. And so I literally, I wake up and the first thing I do is I start repeating the words, thank you over and over silently in my head, you know, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my mother. Thank you for my health. You know, every day it's a little bit different. And, you know, I even find (laughs) myself like if I'm ever walking and bored or whatever, I'm just like, thank you, you know, Mm. thank you. Whenever I see someone, you know, who's clearly less fortunate on the street, you know, I repeat those words. And, you know, I think gratitude is the key to happiness. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we have it plastered on the wall of our office. We've got this huge mural from the artist Peter Tunney. He gave to us as essentially a gift. You know, he spells gratitude. It's massive and it's two T's. He says, gratitude is an attitude. And to me, gratitude really is the key to happiness. Once again, it's hard. If you're a type A again, if you're setting goals, you know, you're always reaching you know, and I think that's good. I think it's good to have goals. I think it's, you know, good to want that thing or whatever. And I, I believe in that. But at the same time, it's being grateful for what you have. And it's hard. And it's a delicate balance. We're like, yes, I'm grateful for, you know, I'm sure like you've got a zillion listeners on this show and being <laughs> grateful for that. But I'm sure you want a couple more. A couple zillion know? more. Yeah. It's that balance. And it's hard. And I'm just such a big believer, you know, being grateful, I think, you know, very easy to get lost in keeping up with the Joneses and cities where it's like that person's got more money or this person's got better abs or that person's, you know, got a better relationship. There's always perceived better relationship, I think. So it's just to me, gratitude, you know, being grateful is something that's so important and you never want to have to lose something, you know, to really have respect for it. You know, I think I lost my father at a young age, you know, died of a heart attack, dropped dead when I was 19 unexpectedly. And I think that had a profound effect on me for a number of reasons. But one of them is this idea of like really being grateful. What is here today in our lives, you know, maybe gone in a second. Yes. You know, this idea that I think we're naive, you know, yes, you know, there's so much we can do and accomplish, but, you know, we're naive to think that there's not something greater than us controlling things, you know, whether it's the universe or God or what have you, and just being grateful, you know, it could be walking down the street and get hit by a car like that, boom, whatever it may be. So just a huge believer in a gratitude practice. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about what happens when we don't make this a part of our life. Because again, this is something that you... Gratitude doesn't tend to come naturally to us as human beings because we are hardwired to look for problems, Mm -hmm. you know, through evolution. This is just how it is, but we can evolve, you know, and we're doing so, but evolution takes some time. So this is why it has to become a practice and something that you're consciously working on. But when you're not doing it, it's easy to fall into other feelings and attitudes about reality. Jealousy is a lot easier when you are not grateful for what you have. Envy, a sense of lack. Mm Mm-hmm you know, and feeling like you don't have enough. So this is like the antidote in many ways, having a gratitude practice for those feelings. You don't want to be peanut butter and jealous. Mm -hmm. You don't want that. (laughs) It doesn't taste good. You know, you want to feel grateful. You want to feel like you have enough, like you're abundant because I love the saying that what you appreciate appreciates, you know, and focusing on all the good that you have. It doesn't mean that you have to be content you know, you can be grateful and still be ambitious. You can be grateful and still work on 
you know, building your ideal life or whatever that might look like. But I promise you, you're going to get there and enjoy the process. And you're probably going to get there a lot faster if you practice being grateful for all of the gifts that you have right now. Because if you're listening to this, you have the ability to listen. What a great gift. Yeah. What a great gift that is, you know, and all the people who trade anything to have that gift. You know, I just posted, um, it was actually several weeks back on Instagram, this video of this little baby being able to hear for the first time, Yeah, you know, and just talk about the tear jerkers. Oh yeah, I mean, my goodness. They didn't have to jerk too hard. I was bawling. It's amazing, you know, Mm -hmm. and to understand how fortunate we really are, you know, and to be able to have this community, to be able to be in the know in many ways, to take care of our health and our well-being and share this with our families. We are tremendously fortunate. And here's the good news. The better it gets, the better it gets. Yeah. So if you focus on that good stuff, it's just going to continue yeah. to get better. Yeah. I promise you that. Little negativity is going to creep in there every now and then, but then check in, find out where am I thinking that I don't have enough? Where am I feeling like I'm living in lack? Where am I feeling envious or jealousy? Mm-hmm. Where am I feeling like I'm not enough? You know, and start to really analyze and instantly shift your focus to gratitude and it's the antidote for I all love that. Stuff. Here's one I put up. Um, I opened two gifts this morning. They were my eyes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I said, I like it. I like it. That's I right. like Just it. Just to keep it in perspective, you know, we'll and look for so much. Yeah. But the fact that we can look is so much. So, Jason, mm-hmm. I want to ask you, so just in this moment, what are some of the things you're most grateful for in your life right now? Well, you know, just that I'm able to talk to you right now. Like, this is amazing. This you moment. know, I'm really busy. We, we, you know, I've got 30 employees. You know, I've got a lot going on at work. You know, and I, and I wrote a book. And, you know, the book's doing well. And I'm out there doing this stuff. And you have moments where I'm like, oh, man, I'm not doing enough. Or like, I, you know, I got to go to this event and do that. And I got to drive, you know. And then you want to take a step back and be like, holy crap, like I wrote a book and this is awesome. And I get to talk with a guy like you and have all these people listen. And like, I just want to enjoy this moment. Like, this is awesome. Yeah, Yeah. it rocks. You still want to do all the things and work hard and market it and all that stuff, but still like enjoy it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like enjoy this moment that here I am. I get to be a guest on your, you know, the best pod, number one podcast in the category and talk to you. That's awesome. Yeah. Love it, man. We're uh, pretty excited about talking to you, too. Right. <laughs> the man behind wealth right here, guys. Right, right. And so, and on that note, one of the last pillars, or it might actually be the last, let me see. Yeah, you put this one last. And so, there's so many good gems in this book, but the last pillar that you talked about in having a truly wealthy life is laugh. Oh, so, yeah. let's talk a little bit about that. Why is that an important pillar? You got to have fun, man. You really do. I think, you know, life can be cruel. Life can be serious. Life is also beautiful. And I think you have to laugh. I think too many people are wound too tight. I think, you know, finding the humor in life, you know, lighting up. Numerous studies support that laughter is a very good thing for our health. I just think it's really important, specifically when talking about personal growth and wellness. I think things can be really serious and, you know, you can get to a place really fast where you start questioning everything and you start blaming yourself, you know, whether it's the school of thought where we're responsible for everything. And if I'm not getting what I want, it's my fault or, or it's the universe's fault or I'm not good enough or, you know, I had, you know, whatever it is and I'm beating myself up for it. I think you got to have fun. Yeah. You know, what are we here for? Life should be fun. You have to, you know, not that we should be laughing all the time, but you got to have fun. Yeah. You know, I haven't gotten my copy of the book yet and I can't wait to have it, but are all of these verbs? Yeah. You phrased them as verbs. Tell me why yeah. you did that. Uh, you know, it's funny because the five pillars of my body green are eat, move, live, breathe, love. Mm-hmm. And so just started working off that framework. I started to expand on it and work with my editor at Random House too. And we're just like, let's go with it. Like, I believe in simple. Yeah. You know, these are the pillars. They're mm-hmm. verbs. They're you know, you, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And those all are eat, move, work, believe, mm-hmm. explore, breathe, Feel, love, heal, thank, ground, live, and laugh. And you can check all of them out in this incredible book, Wealth, 
by the CEO of Mind Body Green. Amazing, amazing book. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show, man. And one final question I have for you. What is your model that you're here to set with the way that you're living your life? You know, I think it's this idea of, once again, working hard, but really trying to do so with a greater spiritual awareness Mm. in everything I do. And I think that's the magic of life. I don't care who you are, we're never there. We're humans. And I think that is the model for me. And I think that's something that, you know, in some degree, we should all strive for that balance of working hard, living my best life, and also having that spiritual awareness that allows us to really fulfill our human potential. Absolutely. Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. I truly appreciate it. And I love the book and I highly recommend everybody pick it up. Can you let everybody know where to find the book and where to get connected with you? Awesome. Thank you so much. So Wealth, W-E-L-L-T-H, you can pick it up at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Uh, go to Wealth, W-E-L-L-T-H dot mindbodygreen.com. And you can catch up with me on Twitter, Instagram, at Jason Wachob, W-A-C-H-O-B as in boy. And definitely check out the book and check out Mind Body Green. So thank you so much for having me. Such an honor to be on your show. Awesome, man. I truly appreciate it. The honor is all ours. And everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. And I know for sure that I did. And I uh, reading this book, it got my wheels turning about a few things in my own life. And that's what great books do. You know, they make you think and they make you analyze, and they also make you take action. And I love the fact that Jade pointed out that these are all verbs. Mm-hmm. These are all things to strive for each and every day that can actually become a part of your reality. Mm-hmm. You know, every single day you can laugh. Every single day you can move. Every single day you can heal. You can get a little bit better. And we all have that opportunity. We have access to that. And that's what the Model Health Show is really about. So I want to thank you for being a part of this team, the Model Health Show team. I appreciate you guys so much for tuning into the show. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theshawnstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments. So please leave me a comment there and take care, everybody. Promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening.